the longest lived people, what they have that we don't have is that they actually have specific routines that they incorporate into their daily life that whether they realize it or not decreases their overall stress. Yasas, if you can't tell from my greeting, we are still in Greece. Uh, welcome back to Circe Health Pod. If you've already forgotten me because I've been away <laughs> for so long, my name is Dr. Danny and I'm here with... Ajoy. Um, and we are in Greece right now. Uh, and I'll let uh, Dr. Jenny continue with um, the, the immediate surrounding environment and what has inspired us for this, this, this talk today. But before I do that, I just want to uh, let the listeners know that um, henceforth, wherever we are traveling and uh, doing these episodes, I will try to put some representative images of where we are so that you get an idea about the location and if there are any discussions that center around people or situations we'll try to put those those images also so feel free to go to our website and uh, look them up it's basically www.sarcihealth.com podcast and if you go to an episode you should be able to see the representative images for that particular podcast anyway let's begin yeah if you remember from our last podcast we were talking with our good friend Kiki about her take on the Mediterranean lifestyle and we decided uh, you know we've been immersed in it for so long now for so many, for almost two weeks that we wanted to continue and share more inspiration from our journey literally our journey the last couple weeks um, so we decided to do on part two actually yesterday we moved from our hotel and kind of a touristy but beautiful area of Athens to a more, um, I guess, local area. And you can hear the birds here. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear in the background, there's some doves calling, which is a nice thing to wake up to. It's very quiet. We heard, I was woken up by some cats outside the window this morning, actually. Um, the place we're, we're uh, staying in is called Kukaki, which I'm probably butchering the name. It's K-O-U-K-A-K-I. Um, we noticed last night and we were inspired to do this podcast actually just walking back yeah uh it was 11 30 at night children were still out with their families people were eating outside laughing hugging it just is really in, um, inspiring to be here so that's why we want to share some more of our inspiration with you guys so uh today's topic is about uh the very uh, essence of what our friend kiki talked to us about which is um, a healthy Mediterranean lifestyle. She concentrated only on the Mediterranean lifestyle. In this talk today, in this episode, we will talk about all the other uh, zones in this world where people live on an average, once they go above uh, 70 or 80, their average lifespan you know, goes up to, uh, sorry, their, their lifespan goes up to over 100. The average person living in some of these areas um, is clocked at 85 years. And that is, that too, uh, absolutely healthy. It's not like they are, you know, in hospital beds and they are at 85. They are actually walking around and, you know, having a nice time with their friends and, and so on at 85. And so, we've seen people and, yes. here, like in the flesh, that yeah. we can tell must be, in their later yeah. years and they're walking around looking healthy smiling yeah. 
always with a group of other people. Yeah. And um, that reminds me, because of the fact that we will be telling you more about the Blue Zones, it's going to be a little bit of a long uh, episode. So therefore, we're going to divide it into... Two. Imagine that. <laughs> us talking for more than planned. Yes. And Ajoy just mentioned the Blue Zones, but he's always referring to the Blue Zones. But, but I don't think everyone knows what they are. Okay, uh, fine. Including myself, I wanted to brush up on what exactly the Blue Zones were. So... Just to tell you guys what exactly we mean when we say that, Ajoy already kind of touched on it, but it's basically, as of now, um, the five areas in the world that have the world's healthiest and longest living humans, um, and also the highest proportions of people who reach over the age of 100. Yeah. Do you want to name those five regions? Why, sure. So, okay. Do you, want, do you want me to do it? I think the first one was Sardinia. Yeah which is uh, part of Italy. Um, so and that's a particular region of Sardinia uh, called the Barbagia region. <laughs> I didn't know that. So that has the world's highest concentration of male centurions or male humans above the age of 100. Um, second one is, of course, Icaria, Greece. Icaria, sorry. Icaria, Icaria Greece. Um, which has the lowest rates of dementia in the world. Dementia is otherwise known as Alzheimer's or memory loss. Um, third area is in Costa Rica, which is one of our favorite places in the world. This is particularly the Nicoya Peninsula, Costa Rica. has the world's lowest rate of middle-age mortality and the second highest concentration of male centenarians. Sorry, centenarians. Yeah. The fourth one is Okinawa, Japan, which I th think is a joy's favorite and the one he refers to the most. My favorite part about Okinawa, Japan is they eat the largest percentage of sweet potatoes yes. in the world. In fact, I think it's over 60% Almost 70%. of the diet is only sweet potatoes. Almost, yeah. And in Japan, it's women power. Females over 70 are the longest lived population in the world in Okinawa, Japan. And then finally, the, the fifth blue zone is... <laughs> the Seventh-day Adventist religion that lives in Loma Linda, California. They actually live 10 years or more longer than their North American counterparts. The unique thing about these, uh, um, you know, when when people studied it, especially, you know, people like Dan Buettner and, and um, Michael Pollan studied uh, these areas, they discovered that there are some uh, common characteristics among them. Yeah. And um, let's just go through some of the common characteristics so you have an understanding of what is it that makes people live long and healthily long. You know, people always say, oh, why do I need to live long? You know, it's okay, I've done my duties and blah, blah, blah. But the point is, these guys are not living healthy. Uh, sorry, these guys are not just living. They're actually thriving. thriving. They're actually having fun. They're you know, playing board games, they're playing dominoes till we we hours in the morning, drinking coffee with their buddies, or you know, gossiping women, women, you know, older ladies gossiping. Okay, and men, <laughs> fine, fine. Um, you know, and uh, no sickness. They just walk around and and go back to their homes, and you know, and so on. So I think we should define what are some of these thing features that make them so unique. And so in part one, we will discuss that, right? And then part two, we'll talk about actual experiences of ours where we saw these things in action yeah yeah okay so you want to start not just in greece we can actually touch on some other yes areas. yes absolutely absolutely yeah let's go for it all right so um number one it, and remember these are 
characteristics of the world's longest and healthiest lived people. So these are things that we hope you guys will try to strive for. Um, so, okay, so number one is move naturally, meaning, you know, these people aren't sitting out, uh, you know, on their exercise bike, training for a marathon, lifting weights and saying, okay, I need to get in my 30 minutes of exercise on my Apple watch every day. And then I'm yep. good to go check, check, check. No, they're actually moving because it's part of their daily routine. So they're gardening or they're going upstairs, walking up a hill to their neighbor's place, walking down the hill or climbing up some rocks to get to their temple or church or place of worship. They're, um, cleaning their houses, yep. dusting, uh, you know, that sort of thing. So they're moving without a particular purpose, but they're moving. Constantly. No, there is a purpose, but very much. Well, yes. not Sorry, not for the purpose of exercise <laughs> yes. only. I'm yeah. sorry. So can I add something to that? Yeah, sure. And, and that is, um, I have been always saying this. In fact, we say this to our patients all the time, right? Um, what I call, uh, you know, what, what they said, move naturally, I call, micro ex I call them micro exercises, meaning... You know, you're sitting at home and you're feeling thirsty. You're like, oh, I need to get a glass of water. You don't have to call your servant or your child or your dog to bring you a glass of water. My dog would bring a glass of water to me. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. I uh, wish my child would bring a glass of water to me. Uh, no, actually, I don't. I don't wish that because uh, when they need water, they get up and go get water themselves. Yeah. Uh, when we need water or when we need I don't know, whatever we need, we, we actually get up from wherever we are and go get it. It's a, such a simple act, right? And you, if you just keep that in mind all the time that you should be, you should not be sitting in a place for more than half an hour. Um, and, uh, you know, we practice it diligently. Um, we'll talk about some, some of the tips later on, but, but the point is that these micro exercises really help. Yeah, and I just made fun of the Apple Watch about uh, saying about exercise. But actually, these smartwatches do have a, good, a great reminder, which is the one that tells you to get up and move or get up and stand. I think um, mm -hmm. that's one modern uh, technology that has been helpful because, just like Ajoy said, if you're sitting in one place for a long time, I think that actually shortens your lifespan. So yeah. getting up and moving, yeah. even if a device has to remind you, is yeah. a good thing. So recently I realized that uh, it was not some kind of a self-realization or some, you know, big big awakening for me or something like that. It just realized that uh, uh, when, I was, when I get into work, uh, I realized that for hours at a time I'm concentrating on something and suddenly it's like two hours have passed by and I've not drunk water, I've not woke, uh, stood up from my, my chair. So I decided to just abandon the chair entirely and, and um, create a standing desk for myself. I just threw a plank of wood on some, you know, uh, tall uh, feet, legs, I guess, and created a standing desk, um, which, you know, I'm loving it now. And so, that was some micro-exercise you did by building the desk yourself. Yes, oh yeah, that's true too. I just built the desk myself instead of buying something ready-made from the, from the shop. So moving on to number two, which yeah. is your favorite. Yes, that is one of the things that I really liked. Um, the, se the second one is really my, one of my favorites, and, and it's... Uh, Japanese um, phrase called uh, ikigai, and I'm sure you've seen these books being hawked on the on the uh, signals in Mumbai, for example, or or any city major major city in the world. I'm sure you'll find these guys hawking these books um, uh, that talks about the ikigai. Ikigai really means a sense of purpose or 
the way I look at it, the re literally the reason for you to wake up in the morning uh, ready to tackle your job. And my boss, uh, when I was working for NIH, she used to say that, um, you know, she just jumps out of bed because she has two, three ideas in mind that she wants to implement that day or start, impl start implementing some projects. And uh, I used to be a little, you know, fascinated by the fact that this lady, you know, she's 65 and she's like jumping out of bed to work on these things. And uh, I'm doing the same thing now. I suddenly realized that there are so many things that I can work on. And, and you know, uh, it's exciting for me because there is a sense of purpose. I feel that hopefully I can help somebody um, get, get in better health. And that's what my purpose in life seems to be. Like, I, I really feel like I want to be healthy and I want to teach others how to be healthy. So uh, ikigai or a sense of, uh, you know, purpose or the reason for you to wake up in the morning to do things is is very important in life so try to think about yourself and see what is it that, that makes you tick maybe it is uh, some hobby that you want to take up as a as a job full-time profession or maybe it's just family life and you say you know what i love to cook i love to cook for my family and i want to make be the best housewife uh, or house husband um thank you yeah i i knew you were going to say that so i had to add that um i'm just going to butt in and say i think of um, a lot of times we think of people we know as examples. So both yes. my maternal grandparents lived until their 90s. And my grandmother, even though she had uh, was partially blind and uh, had trouble getting around due to some minor health problems, every morning she would get up and have her cup of black coffee, which I learned from a young age is the best way to drink it. Um, she would call one of her family members have a nice discussion. She would do her knitting, which she didn't necessarily yeah. need to see, but she could feel. But she had a purpose in yeah. her, you know, at, even in the, her 90s in her life. And then my grandfather, her husband, also um, until almost the very end of his life was still baking, which is one of his passions, was still birding, meaning uh, going bird watching, uh, was still taking care of his plants, that sort of thing. So the, each of them had a purpose up until the very end, and I think that helped them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you want to take on um, the, the next one? So the next one is something I yes. need to do. So I knew it. That's I, why I said you so should take the next one. That's why it was assigned to me. Um, so we're trying to decrease stress in your life, which is probably one of my biggest Achilles heels, unfortunately. Um, stress itself. Uh, and so they, they mention uh, about the Blue Zone people, of course, even this is like the fox the guarding the hen house. Yes. <laughs> even even people in the blue zones, of course, everyone experiences stress at some point in their life. But you basically need to learn how to decrease it, how to deal with it, and how to make it not the focal point of your life. Um, they found in the blue zone studies that the longest lived people, what they have that we don't have is that they actually have specific routines that they incorporate into their daily life that whether they realize it or not, decreases their overall stress. So, um, for example, uh, this is something that Ajoy and I always <laughs> argue about, a nap. <laughs> yes. I need naps. Um, I don't know why. I really don't have a great explanation for it. I think I feel like I should be doing something. Something. Mm. But I need, I'm trying desperately. Like, yesterday we took a nap. And I, in fact, we've probably taken more naps on this trip than I've taken in my entire life. <laughs> yes. And maybe it's just being close to the Icarian blue zone that has inspired me. But anyway, that 
the Icarians specifically take naps, and that they believe is one of the reasons why people in Icaria live so long. Um, so what Sardinians do is more up my alley. They have a happy hour every day with their delicious, strong Sardinian red wine. Can I interrupt for this nap part? I don't want this nap thing to turn into like a two-hour afternoon siesta after lunch. And I think I've said this before, and you know, we 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 will tend to repeat um, things that we feel are very important for people to Im imbibe. And that is, yes, napping is great, but napping should not exceed more than you know, maybe at the most an hour. Uh, it should really should not, and especially after meals, you should not nap immediately after meals. Yeah. You should uh, need to digest it. So we took a nap. So for example, we, we ate, ate our lunch at about 12 o'clock and we walked around the city till about 2.30 or so. So two and a half hours we walked around. We looked at all kinds of sites and all. We came back kind of a little bit exhausted because it was hot sun and uh, we took a nap. Took a nap for an hour, we woke up and we were refreshed and we you know had a cup of coffee and then set out again. So sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Yeah, so that's, so napping and then, um, of course, the happy hour. <laughs> yeah, yes. Has a dual purpose of having that red wine that is so good for you uh, and socializing with... What if people don't drink then? Then have some grape juice. Or? Or just water. Or, or, not, or, or not drink. Uh, you don't have to, you don't have to actually, yes, exactly. That's what I was going with it because... The part of the drinking wine is not really as much for the drinking wine, although Dr. Yeah, Jenny would so like to. It's yes. So <laughs> myself that. Um, and then finally, moving on, <laughs> the, the um, third recognized way that of stress reduction is the Okinawans, the Japanese, uh, take a few moments every day to remember their ancestors. So um, they reflect on good memories and. Um, lessons, life lessons that their ancestors have taught them and they try to incorporate that into their daily life. So, um, and that's very stress relieving for them. Yeah. Um, and in our case, um, we don't do it in the afternoon or something, but once a day, at least um, the four of us, no matter, I mean, if we are in the same house, um, we always uh, pray. So moving on to the fourth one, which is another um, blue zone rule that you taught me even before I think we knew that it was a blue zone thing yeah. and something that me um no offense to Americans growing up as American had never even heard or, or thought or, of or, or uh, imagined or that, imagined in, yeah. in his or her wildest dreams yeah. is I had heard or maybe I'd read a book by uh Mahatma Gandhi where he said uh, you know you should not you should keep some or some part of your stomach empty um, just so that you know you are more alert and also it will provide for somebody else's well-being um, this is when eating a meal when eating a meal yeah when eating a meal try to keep a little part of your stomach empty don't fill it up completely um, AKA and the 80% rule yeah, it's called the 80% rule meaning you know fill your stomach up to 80% now you don't have a measuring cylinder there but, but the point is that you know, don't eat till you're absolutely full and you can barely move. You should eat only till, you know, you you are happy about, uh, you know, uh, the, the delicious meal that you had. And um, I used to say this, this is long time ago when I was a teenager that, you know, I would eat and I could still run and not have a stomach ache. Now, of course, uh, you know, at my age now, if I eat even 20%, there is no way I can run. Absolutely no way. 
So um, you're just used to fast exercising, thanks to me. But that's a yeah, whole other yeah. podcast. Yes, yes. Okay, let's move on to the next one. All right, so I get to talk about this, my favorite, which is I guess both of our favorites, but um, more yours than mine. Yeah. So eating more plants, <clears throat> which I think we probably say in every podcast, and we'll continue to say it in every podcast. So actually, um, I mentioned about the sweet potatoes with the Okinawans, but it, uh, they made a, or there's pie charts that were made of what each, uh, each individual zone group mm-hmm. eats, and universally for all of them, uh, a plant, some kind of plant-based food was number one. Dominated it. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Dominated. Not, yes. So of course I mentioned the sweet potatoes, but um, in the um, Icarians, it was um, green vegetables. Sorry, number one was quote unquote other vegetables, probably like uh, eggplant and mm-hmm. potatoes and that sort of thing. And uh, number two was green vegetables. And we'll talk about more in part two, but we've definitely noticed. Yeah. And I think we've eaten more vegetables than we have in a long time being here because there's just so much availability mm-hmm. and it's flavored so well. Um, also, and uh, also, we will give give some ideas about uh, recipes and we yeah absolutely because uh, we we've, we've learned some recipes being here and we would love to share that with you as well. But uh, there's also there's vegetables there's fruits especially the um, Loma Linda uh, Seventh Day Adventists their biggest what they eat is actually fruit more than anything else so don't forget fruit and then my my favorite food group legumes. Are also very high up, at least I think at least twenty percent in every single group universally. <laughs> so the per- world's perfect piece of food, the lagoon, my favorite. Um, now, yes, most of the, if not all of these cultures do eat meat, um, but Loma Linda people don't eat meat. They don't eat meat don't at all. Oh, see, I learned something. So except for the Loma Linda people. Very rarely, on average, only about five times a month or less, and the serving sizes are about the size of your fist, so or smaller. So much, so not they're not sitting down and eating a giant hamburger or having fried chicken. They're having something very small. A lot of times, <laughs> it might even be used just for flavoring in a soup in yeah. Costa Rica, for example. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we'll give you examples of what we discussed with some of the. Uh, Greeks here. The people that we've met yeah, here. the people that we met here about how much meat did they consume, and you'd be shocked at the numbers. But we, you know, we'll 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 talk about that in part yeah. two. Um, tip number six to live till you're one hundred. What is that, Adore? Yeah. Uh, tip number six is you know uh, it's kind of strange. I'm not. I guess they do do this, uh, but I I don't know how much uh, uh, you know you need to adhere to it, which is alcohol. Um, very very. Uh, moderate amount or minute amount of alcohol drinking actually uh, increases health, um, increases your lifespan, especially red wine. Red wine has a compound called resveratrol, resveratrol um, that actually helps um, you know your, your heart pump better and your brain, um, not brain pump better, but, but helps your brain, brain work more, yeah, more efficiently. And uh, that being said, it's not essential, but I think what that alcohol, a little bit of yeah, alcohol. Because that, the Loma Linda people don't drink at all. Right. So it's not right. essential. Exactly. Exactly. It's not essential, but some of the other, other older, um, uh, older zones, um, I find Loma Linda to be a little bit of an exception because 
we are not like a you know thousand year old civilization but all the other ones are you know greater than a thousand year old civilizations where they've been doing this for a while um, but they drink alcohol and i think it kind of helps them relax and take things easy which is going to and socialize which uh, you know uh, which brings us uh, to uh, the, the next uh, uh, topic uh, next next point actually yeah so the seventh uh, tip is basically belonging or being in some kind of community. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be believing in a higher power or faith-based, but um, a lot of these blue zones do actually, um, do actually, you know, belong to a certain religion. So in Ikaria, they're Greek Orthodox Christians. In um, Okinawa, they're Buddhists. And, uh, and uh, Shinto. And Shinto, sorry. Um, and then, in, of course, in Loma Linda, they're the Seventh-day Adventist Christians. Costa Rica. Costa Rica, I would imagine, are also Christians, although they don't specifically talk as much about their faith. It's more the community and just yeah. together with family. I, I know, and we'll talk about this in part two, but when we visited Costa Rica, there's a huge, huge sense of community and family, yeah. which we noticed everywhere yeah. we went. And then in, uh, in Costa Rica, I, if I may recall, uh, because Christianity came only with the Europeans arriving, yeah. um, they still practice their native uh, cultures in in like a hybrid way of Christianity, which is prominent in in Africa, etc. Yeah, right. and then uh, the Sardinians would also be uh, Christians. Right, right. And um, so research has showed that attending some kind of service, whether it's faith based or not at least four times a month will add four to 14 years of yeah. life expectancy. So which is huge. Which is amazing. So even if you even if you don't even have religion or you, you don't believe in a higher being or something, just attending some kind of community, um, I don't want to say repetitive, something that re reoccurs. Can uh, I mention a study here? Of course you can mention a study. Thank you. <laughs> So Other, otherwise, how would this podcast even exist? So, so, your study. Sorry. So there was a you know, uh, this may come as a kind of a little bit of a surprise that uh, scientists or medical scientists are talking about religion, but uh, uh, there were two studies conducted, uh, one in Germany, one in I believe in U.S. itself, um, where uh, they talk about why is it that religion uh, can help with the longevity. And what they discovered was what happens when you are religious is you tend to let go faster. Uh, you tend to let go of your anger faster. You tend to let go of things you cannot control faster. You let go of um, things that don't matter faster. So when you let go of these things, your stress hormones drop down faster. So your cortisol levels all come down faster. So... Um, both these studies kind of pointed in the same direction and that is to say that um, a lot of the stress hormones are brought on faster therefore uh, your your body cells can repair faster um, and, and heal themselves faster so um, I just wanted to mention that sorry <laughs> thank you for that well you might as well keep talking because we're now moving on to number eight yeah yeah okay so number eight is is actually one of my uh, favorites, and that is um, you know Something trying. To... That happens in India already. Yeah, in India, definitely it happens all the time because family comes number one, number two, 
number three, number four, number five, and so on. Family is absolutely important to as as everybody that is listening, or most everybody that's listening to our uh, to our podcast can can relate to. And um, what lands up happening is you get a sense of belonging. You 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 know even with your children, what ends up happening is they look up to you uh, as you provide for them. And uh, in addition, um, you get a sense of satisfaction to see, you know, like, for example, with children, you, you see them growing up and you see them prosper, you get a sense of um, a satisfaction. And that actually also, same thing, uh, reduces your cortisol level and then uh, drops your, your uh, stress hormones, etc. And don't forget about the parents and grandparents. If they yes. are living with you, you continue to learn from them and be inspired by them. Yes. Too, right? And unfortunately, some of the things that uh, we used to happen, say, for example, in joint families uh, in India uh, is being lost rapidly to to these micro family units where like, you know, families are like reduced to three or um, or one and a half sometimes, unfortunately. So, um, and sorry, sorry, pediatrician has to add in uh, that uh, research has shown. Aha, you're talking about ah, research. No. Um, that when children live with multi-generational families, it actually reduces the incidence of disease and lowers their mortality as well. So Correct. it really does promote good health in everyone. And it, it um, you know, um, some some things are passed on uh, by skipping a generation. So grandparents teach grandkids mm-hmm. things that they may not have taught their their own, their, their own siblings. Yeah. Um, you know, and kids see the wisdom in their grandparents and learn from that. And, and when they grow old, um they they do this they tend to do the same thing which is great what's the next one finally the last one um is making sure it's kind of i I guess it kind of ties it back into the the, um the community the faith-based or non-faith-based but common interests uh is having your own tribe or having your own social circle set of people yeah, set of people, I said. Set of people, right. So someone, so a group outside of your family that you hang around with that has common interests, common healthy behaviors. That um, you can go to and talk to about anything. That you can confide in, that you spend time with, whether it's over a bottle of wine, a cup of coffee, or over a board game. I know, Joy mentioned the Icarians that stay up until 2 a.m. drinking coffee and playing dominoes. And we've actually seen a lot of dominoes for sale here <laughs> in Athens. Um, so it, this reduces, of course, loneliness because mm-hmm. you're hanging out with people that have like interests. And studies show that happiness is actually contagious. Mm-hmm. So if you're not having a good day, but you you later that evening are going to go meet your friends, um, if they're in a good mood, which hopefully at least one of them is, then that contagious happiness will spread to everyone. So yeah, strangely enough, sadness does not spread like that, right? It's happiness, they said. So it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, all these people in all five blue zones, all of them have some kind of social circle that they continuously meet with. And that has been shown in multiple studies, of course, to prolong happy and healthy life, not just life in general. I think we have... Um, um spent a lot of time kind of defining what, um, you know, what's the structure of these blue zones and what really makes them tick. I think we should stop in part one. And in part two, we'll kind of give you our own real-life examples in the last few, just a few days that we've seen, right? So those I find very exciting to talk about. I think it'll be a a fun discussion uh, in the next episode. So actually, I'm looking forward to talking about 
those next because this was a little bit more of an introduction to blue zones and we'll of course bring each one of these topics um, back to life uh, periodically to kind of remind the listener about certain things we recommend that you do in your lives and we are also you know it's a work in progress for us because there are so many things that that we listed here we are not very good at right now we, we're trying um strive for it for all of us yeah yeah so thank you so much and uh we'll see part two yep bye-bye we really hope you enjoyed our conversation can you think about one thing or an idea that you can start to introduce into your own life that will help make your life healthier and less stressful? If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd really appreciate it if you can take a few seconds to share the podcast with your friends and family. Thank you so much for listening. And always remember, your health is literally in your own hands. Making lifestyle changes is not an easy task, but we promise you will be aptly rewarded with a long, healthy, and disease-free life.